We are back. It is, I can't believe it's 23rd episode, and I have to apologize that it took me 23 episodes to get you on. I will tell you, in the queue are, are, are folks like Dr. James Beckett. So at least you did beat Dr. Beckett. I'm recording with him next week. So you did get in under the Dr. Beckett wire, which, which put you in some pretty good company. None other than Eric Myers coming to join the Hobby with Cage. Thank you. Thanks for joining, man. Uh, it's a blessing and a pleasure always. Every time I come on your show, it's uh, it's always a, a, lot, a lot of fun. And and to be honest, I probably should have followed up Dr. Beckett. I don't I know that I'll never be as important as he is in our hobby. So just to be just to be in the same you know month, I'm, I'm honored to do so. There you go. That's nice. A little good. respectful. I, I, I did his show and it was a lot of fun. I asked him, you know, tell me why nine five is a 10. And he didn't really love that. But he had an answer. You know, I, I kind of put him on the hot seat a little bit. You know, that's his he does like a dueling questions. And he was really prepared. And I was like. I have to ask questions. All right, I'll figure it out on the fly. You know, like we'll we'll uh, we'll just see how this one goes. I think it went pretty well, so we'll see when he when he comes on next week. But uh, I mean, definitely guys who attack the hobby from a different perspective. I mean, he is, you know, he's he's a little more laid back. You're a little more high strung, but. <laughs> We're going to get into a whole bunch of stuff because you just recently switched positions, and I want to talk to you about that. But right off the bat, I love talking to you because you are. You are hobby positivity, optimism on steroids. You always have something good to say about the hobby. People love chatting with you. Seriously, people love chatting with you. And I'm going to juxtapose that against sort of the hobby, you know, layout now, you know, the backdrop. You know, we are not where we were in late 2020, early 2021, even late 2021. Um, we've seen sort of that boom and I don't want to call it a bust cycle, but we've seen Everyone's chart looks like a big, you know, middle finger, right? And the chart's like big spikes and it's all the way down. No one's really immune from that. Not even your guy, Kobe, you know, like, I mean, I yes. saw some charts on Tom Brady, all that stuff. How do you, what do you say to people, right? Who, who approach you with that and say, Hey, I've been in this for a few years and like, I, I was riding it up and now I feel like I'm riding it down. You know, is this a roller coaster and I, I should expect another ride back up? Is it going to flatten out? Is the roller coaster ride over? I got to get off and go ride the merry-go-round. What do you tell people? So, I mean, there's two ways to approach that one. Yes, it is a roller coaster. I've been, I've been in this 17 years. So I'm on, uh, yeah, as of May, it was 17 years. Wow. Right? So I've been in it for a couple minutes and I've been through three or four of these. Yep. So yes, there are ebbs and flows as there are with any market, right? It, it's not going to just stay down. And second, I feel as much as I love the Panini era, I, I loved the era before, you know, before Upper Deck came in because that was when I was growing up my early childhood. Then it transitioned to Upper Deck. There was a lot of worry about that, right? Mm -hmm. And then it went into the Panini era. With every changing of the guard, if you will, there seems to be uh, wor worrier concerns. Mm -hmm. But I feel really strongly in a, in a positive uh, I get a real positive vibe. It transitioned to fanatics. So I was a lot more worried about the, the, the future of the hobby going into Panini era than I am with the fanatics era. So I feel a lot more comfortable. Now, how long is this, this pullback going to last or this, this stagnation, if you will, to a certain degree, because our cards still trending upward. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I think honestly, if I had to be completely transparent, 10 to 10 to 20 months, it could be, you know, right. and it, it, it could be a little bit less than 10 months, but I, I, I don't see I mean, this. Without, without calling a time on it, I mean, if there are people, I, I have, we have a bunch of people who listen to this, right? So let's, let's specifically, I'm going to put myself in the shoes of somebody who came in in 2020, somebody who, you know, came back to the hobbies. They did it as a kid, but they really weren't involved in it. And they spent some money. Yeah. 
maybe they didn't take some profits because this is their first cycle. You know what I mean? And maybe they bought a bunch of stuff high. Maybe they bought some Kevin Durant's at the prices that they were at in, high, in late 2021, early 2022. You know, maybe they bought some LeBrons, some Chromes. Hopefully, they didn't buy a Chrome LeBron PSA 10 at 40 or 42 grand or whatever that, that was at. Um, but you know, they're they're now underwater on those cards, but they still love their cards. Like, what do you say to those folks? Because I think what makes you unique here is the fact that you have been through those cycles. You have seen more than one of these. So, you know, I, I ask you that question on behalf of the folks who are underwater on some of the cards, and this is the first time they're riding through this. And and some of them are considering, because I get messages all the time about this, just cutting and running. What do you say yeah. to those folks? I get to every person's their own financial right situation. Depends where you're at financially. I mean, if if you really truly need that money back, you can roll with it and ride it out. Mm-hmm. But also, don't. I, I'm an advocate for somebody not to just be a one trick financial pony. I mean, obviously, a you want to have a regular job. Even if this is your regular job, you still need to. If you're investing in this secondary, uh, b if you're looking from a financial perspective in this market, you need to never stop learning how to learn. Right. So look into crypto, look into you know, stocks, other things. If you see certain stocks that are down and you think you could, like you said, just cut bait, roll out and roll that into a stock that you truly believe in that could probably go up 40, 50, 80 percent or double in the next, you know, nine to 18 months, then I would advise to do that. You can I've invested in so many different things throughout my life. You don't have to just be all or nothing in one thing in life. You should always take the opportunity to expand your knowledge base and something else. Like to so me, I do a lot of Bitcoin. Uh, the most I've ever dabbled is Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Litecoin. You know, but you know, Bitcoin I think is trending around 60, 000, uh, 26, 000, 26 000, mm-hmm. something around there. Yeah. I do think that's got big upside. But I'm, I'm always tell people, hey, look, if you've got opportunity to make money in other areas, and if you don't, let's assume that you don't, learn. It's a recent downturn. I think 25.3 is the bottom on that. Obviously, the government attacking, the SEC attacking Binance and Coinbase in the same week with lawsuits against them kind of pulled Bitcoin down and had an impact on on crypto. But where I'm going to go with this without going into crypto too much is I love your take. I love your take because it is, this is going to be my new mantra. It's sort of like my new, my new, the hobby with cage mantra, right? It's, it's inclusivity over exclusivity. Right. Yeah. And sometimes the hobby's not good with that. And you know, you get sponsors <laughs> and sponsors tell you what you can and can't do. And you know, more importantly, some folks in the hobby, you know, we get this in the collector versus investor argument all Some folks in the hobby are very close-minded and think, okay, you're if you're here, you have to be cards, cards only. And we saw that with NFTs, right? And you know, clearly. Right now, if you want to do a victory lap saying that NFTs were, you know, crappy, go right ahead and take that victory lap. They are down 90 something percent. It did, you know, right now there's no Luca Tiger even for sale on the secondary market. So I feel cool <laughs> about those because people know I'm going to continue to give value on those. But there's not even a single, you can even buy one if you want. But but the rest of them are down. I mean, whether it's V Friends or, you know, Bored Apes are down huge. Every coin is down big. So, but it's funny because here you are preaching not go and invest in this it's learn about it and i love yeah. that because we're two old farts i mean you're in great shape I'm, I'm i'm sponsored by chick-fil-a today you're in great shape i'm not, you know i'm not but but one of the cool things about doing was learning you know yeah. Did you, yeah, it never did i think coming into the last couple of years i'd be like oh yeah i'm gonna own some bitcoin and some ethereum i got some polygon i got some matic you know i know how to you know mint nfts i know what that means you know like well it was I have digital cards. I got some Top Shot. I got some Panini Digital. It's there's nothing wrong with that. It also it 
you're always looking to kind of better yourself, expand your knowledge base, right? And isn't that part of it, right? So, I mean, if I could add on to what you're saying, if that if that person, that young kid who came in the hobby or, or that older person who came back into the hobby and they did it as a kid, if they asked me that question, what I would say is, sure, you might be underwater now, but let's think about the fun you had the journey you had, the shows you went to, the friends you met, the community around the hobby, the whole deal. And maybe those things will let you hang on to your cards for six months or a year as they ride back up. Maybe. I'm not saying cards are going up, down, you name it. I'm too stupid to tell you what's going to actually happen there. But what I'm not dumb about is I love the hobby community. You know what I mean? You know, and, and sometimes it's, it, it, uh, it rubs me the wrong way because you know I'm like, hey, let's talk about digital. You just brought up cryptocurrencies, and people are like, no, 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 you need cards, just cards, just cards. <laughs> I mean, if there's if there's one thing I would kind of preach, it's exactly what you're talking about, right? And I listen, I bought stocks. I'm, I'm buying stocks. You know, I buy type one photos, and people think I'm a lunatic. You can expand it, right? You're always looking to kind of learn something new. Just don't get into Babe Ruth baseballs. That's all I ask. <laughs> Leave my lane alone. Leave no Babe Ruth baseballs. I have one. I have a Babe Ruth baseball. I got it. I got I don't know what to do with it. It's actually a good question because I, I, I got it in trade for, uh, for, uh, a Ronda Rousey card, which is pretty funny. Um, and it was one of those tri-star like chase, you know, like, you, you know, it was mystery yeah. packs boxes and someone got the, the person who owed me some money for a card hit the tri-star Ooh. Babe Ruth autograph ball. And it's a cool ball. It's got like the certificate, the whole deal, but it's not like encapsulated. That's one of the crazy things about memorabilia. You buy a jersey, someone hands you a jersey. A card is slabbed, right? Autographs are slabbed. Even type one slabbed. Shoot, talk to me. So, so on that note, there's a place in Florida. It's called Baldome. They're actually the manufacturer of the, the, the ball holder that mm -hmm. Beckett uses. You can buy them straight from Baldome. I think they're 15 bucks. Right. So the encapsulation, except with Beckett, when you get them Beckett, it's hermetically sealed, right? This right. one is just a twist lock, but it's the same item, right? So you can get, I think they're 15 bucks. And the cool thing is you can get for $5, you can get a customizable slip. So you can put whatever quote you want on there. So I recommend, so you're talking 20 bucks plus shipping from Baldome. All right, uh, so there you go. There. I, I buy them about half dozen at a time. I think if you buy six, you get 72 for 72 bucks. Or See, something. this works for me. I won't hermetically seal it because the guys from yeah. the Sandlot, they're around, they do shows. We even had them on the podcast, uh, you know, two years ago, I think. I one day, when I really hit it big, Eric, I'm going to take my Babe Ruth ball and I'm going to have a catch with the Sandlot kids with it. Oh, yeah, dude. That's awesome. You know, Baby so you Ruth. Saying, <laughs> <laughs> Baby Ruth. You can just keep it away from Hercules, right? That's it. Yeah, exactly. Can you keep it away from the beast? So you were All saying right. a lot. Got you. Lot of, so when we went, we did a uh, an event at the Mint, right? So we yep. did the, we were on the, the panel at the Mint. Yep. I told people, and I kind of got slammed for it, but I, I wouldn't change my statement at all. Somebody goes, Eric, when you because that was that was March, a couple of years, about a year or so. Yeah, ago. yeah, March, two years. Yeah, and somebody asked me like, what would you recommend somebody doing getting the hobby? And I I would say the same thing now is spend the first three months learning. Just watch auctions, pretend that you had $10,000 and look at things that you would like and pretend that, okay, this is where you think that's valued at. And just have a, a spreadsheet or booklet and be like, I think I would have bought this card at this point. I would have sold it at this point. And learn with pretend money, right? Like you were just acting as if you're doing it. Learn how to do the research, learn how to do the data, learn how to do uh, just the communications, what YouTube channels to follow, what podcasts to follow. Spend 90 days learning without spending a dollar. Because... My perspective in, in life in general is, yeah, okay, so yes, I'm successful now, but people just look at the success 
for me personally, success was just a byproduct of a pursuit of knowledge and a pursuit of humanity. So the reason why people like talking to me and the reason why people put me on the podcast, it isn't because I'm successful. The success was just the end result of that behavior pattern. You know, so like I, I don't mind taking a pay cut to go somewhere and to be happier because chasing what's good for me internally and what's good for the people around me and chasing a pursuit of knowledge it, for me, and I hope for everybody else that's listening, it has led me to be successful. And even if it didn't, it would still be the way I'd want to live anyway. So you, the truth is you could get rich and you can go broke doing anything. You might as well try to learn something in the process and try to pursue something that makes you feel good on the inside. Because, you know, success isn't promised. It's a 50-50 crapshoot either way. So I like the I like the knowledge of doing it all as opposed to anything else. So spend time before you spend money. Yeah, always, always look to you know get a little smarter. You if you bought something, let's say you bought a TV at Best Buy and you, and you and it comes with a 90-day money back guarantee and it isn't what you wanted, you would take it back and get your money back. But mm. we don't demand our money back from ourselves because we don't want to put in the work on ourselves. We don't want to put in the time, effort, and dedication it takes to to truly master a craft. So I think people need to look within themselves and and maybe you know demand that refund if 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 you invested and you really didn't do a lot of research, do due, due, due diligence, and you lost money, you might want to demand that refund from yourself. Like, what could I do different next time? Let's look. If I want to cash out of cards and go somewhere else, let's really put this in and put the work in ahead of time before you drop the dollar. And like for me, I've two, three, four X on Bitcoin and cashed out of that and then gone into, you know, cards, made money on cards, then lost the profit, made it back up. It's whatever, you know, but it's all just a process of process of expanding myself. You know, and that's that's really what. So when I left PWCC and went to Alt, it was to be oh, more involved. Right, you got into it yourself. I didn't even have to ask. Go for it. It, it was part of it. It, it was it was a, a segue of me being uh, allowed and able to be more involved in the totality of the construct of a business. I was I did forty million in auction over two years at PWCC. Brought brought in forty million in auction. Very very happy with those numbers. Uh, I wouldn't change anything. It was a great blessing opportunity to work at PWCC for those two years of my life. I'd do it all over again if given the opportunity. That being said, I'm 45. I'm, I want to retire at 62, so I have 17 more years. I really want to be involved in a situation to where I can. 47, I want to retire at 45. <laughs> I mean, what That's we want and what happens doesn't exactly always just work <laughs> out. But at least you're being reasonable. 62 yeah. is reasonable. <laughs> I guess it all depends on your, you know, your state of comfortability, right, when you want to retire. Yep. Um, but I want to have you here, by the way. I get the sip of soda. Check this out. A little, I found this in the store. This is disgusting. But I bought a 12 pack. It is Dr. Pepper, zero sugar, strawberries, and cream, guys. I was excited that I found this. And I'm like, wow, I've seen commercials for this. I got to try it. It tastes like chemical. It's just straight liquid chemicals. But I got 12 of them, so I got to drink them. I can take a sip. So how are you going to retire by 62? This is what I want to know. You're, you're pivoting from PWCC over to Alt. You wouldn't, you don't, you have no regrets. You still love everybody over there. Yeah. You name it. Talk to me. How you're retiring in 17 years. And that's still yet to be seen, right? But at, <laughs> at, at, at the end of the day, I still want to, like, it's the same premise that got me to PWCC. Because before that, I was a, a, a project manager for electrical company, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't mind jumping into a new endeavor to expand myself cerebrally in, in, in an intellectual format. So going to all, being, going from, just a sales role to uh, director of business development and as well as sales, right. To cultivate yep. 
a, a new sales infrastructure over there. It allows me to to continue to pursue knowledge and, and betterment of myself to get involved in marketing. If I really want to if I have ideas for the website, for the auction house or fixed price or all these things, I can just message the engineer, the programmers directly, hop on a Zoom call with them and actually be an integral part of that process. Right. Because they're only they've only been around for two and a half years. It's more of a startup where PWCC is you know, 15 plus years. They, they were you know, a powerhouse and behemoth before me and, and after me. Right. So that, mm-hmm. that didn't change. Uh, but being able to embark upon an endeavor to where um, I could actually have a good amount of uh, I could see my feedback actually come into fruition, you know, and at the end of the day, and I'm, to be honest, PWCC made great money my last year, yep. completely happy because it was base plus commission. Here's just a base and, and taking a pay cut. I, I'm, I'm happier because I'm more internally fulfilled to get paid more somewhere else. Doesn't mean it, it really honestly doesn't mean anything to me. You might as someone could just offer me gummy bears or something. Okay, so you've been at all for about a month, I would say. I'm going to round it, right? <laughs> Obviously, you were um, a, a highly sought-after commodity when you were a free agent. It was like, you know, the free agency period of, you know, of who just signed. You know, Manny Machado had a big free agency. Aaron Judge, although people, you know, expected him to go back to the Yankees. You have all Otani. these, and, you know, Otani's coming up next. He's kind of like Otani, right? Everybody's going to, you know, put that, throw their hat in the ring and be, you know, throwing money at your feet. A month in, why alt? And without getting crazy, because it's only been a month, tell me something you've seen at alt that gets you excited for the prospect of continuing to work with them. Uh, they're willing to evolve, you know. And I think this year, so this year's mantra at alt is by the hobby for the hobby. They they've okay. realized that the, the hobby must that they need to always put the hobby first. I mean, because they were they're basically a tech company that wanted to get in the hobby. Right. And, which was great. I fully support anybody getting into this space because succeed or fail, it just makes everybody grow. Yep. Right. And so I fully support that, but allowing them to want to truly embrace the hobby and put, and you know, they've got a focus group that, that they picked uh, about a dozen people to be involved in. Mm-hmm. That's important. I love that, that they're constantly wanting the feedback, good or bad feedback. It doesn't matter. That's a massive that, that really uh, taps on my heart a lot. That That's one thing I get excited for. It doesn't matter if it's Lior or Nishan or anybody else that works there, Chris, Kashik, you know, they all want to hear what the hobby has to say and they want to implement it. It's not just, it's, it's not falling on deaf ears. They're willing to take a chance and take make a change. And that to me means a lot just to, as a company or as a person. I'll tell you what, you know, what it, it, what it shows to me, you going over there, just even without being prompted in the first 10 minutes, we, we, we've come up with sort of like our tagline, the, uh, you know, inclusive versus exclusive. And I talk about that because, I mean, I talk to hobby companies all the time and it was easy for everybody to talk about growing the pie and everyone doing great stuff and, you know, not worrying about what everybody else was eating at the dinner table because it was always going to be enough for you to eat back in 2020, 2021 when these companies were coming in, they didn't really care. All right. If we're going to work with you, we'll work with you. You want to work with them, work with them. There was enough to go around. And now it's more, I mean, it's more prison lunch yard. You know, everybody's got their hands around the tray. No one's stealing my cornbread. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of, it's like, you know, it's like, I got to protect what's mine. Right. And you going somewhere to me and you could tell me if I'm wrong, sends a message that's not the way it's going to be, right? Because I've never known you to be somebody who was, it's what I want, it's what my company wants, 
and I'm not doing it that, you know, any other way. You know what I mean? And look, you know, that means whether PWCC wants to, you know, hear it or not, even though you work at PWCC, it's acknowledging that there are other auction houses that do certain things better. It's acknowledging that there are a bunch of different grading companies out there. And even though we may have a partnership with a grading, there are other grading companies that do certain things better than other ones. There are, you know, there. So my my hope, and I, I would hope this for everyone, but, you know, I think Alt is heading in this direction because, you know, this is you in my mind. Alt kind of has a broader mindset to this. I think, you know, I've been talking about this. Dr. Beckett kind of stopped me from saying Montague's and Capulets. That's how I <laughs> describe the hobby. And he's like, you know, they all, those guys, Romeo and Juliet, end up dead in the end. We don't want that to happen. <laughs> I'm point. like, he's right. He's but I mean, the, the, it, it's battle lines being drawn. Like there has to be somebody who comes out and says, guys, right? This is a big world, right? You know, like we shouldn't all be fighting over it and drawing our battle lines and picking our turf and defending it. Let's instead like figure out a way to kind of work together and, you know, build this thing bigger. Sort of like, I mean, just to give some kudos out there, like I like SGC's promotion with Fanatics. Right. Yeah. I like that, you know, hey, Bowman and now series two, nine bucks. Anytime you send in a card, nine bucks, turn it around, boom, we'll have it back to you quick. Like I like that companies will work together for the better of the consumer and the hobby in general. And I hope you kind of bring some of that stuff to alt as well. That's the only way I want to live. I, well, yeah. I take it back. That's the only way I'm gonna live. Yeah. I don't I don't want to be any other way, just as a part, whether I'm in this space or any other space, right? I just it just as a person, I don't want to be any, any other way. And if I feel like that's starting to shift or that's no longer valued, then I'll just go somewhere where it is because that's, I, you only get, you don't get any mulligans here. You only get one shot at life. Right. So I refuse to live any other way. And I like that about this space is there's always going to be somebody who's going to want you to put the hobby first. That's why I'm here. Yep. I, I like the space because it allows me to disconnect from the rest of all the chaos that's going on in the world around us. And I can actually be involved in a situation to where they'll allow me to put the, the, the greater good of totality of, of everybody uh, at, at the f foremost of my thoughts, you know, and, and it's not that difficult. Once you get, once you get used to it, it's really not that hard. You know, all right. you just, it's, it's all psychological. I want to spend some time talking to you about sports and talk about just general hobby stuff, you name it. So I'm going to move off the old stuff, but here's yeah. what I'm going to do. Cause you've only been there a month, but I I'm going to consider you the face of the company already because right. you got the shirt on. All right. <laughs> you've already had a chance to speak to kind of like folks who were in the hobby who, you know, may have been beaten up and you name it and tell them about the roller coaster ride who I want you to address now. It's almost elevator pitch time. It's almost like your 30 seconds, right? To the extent that you can, because again, I'm putting you on the spot. You're only, you know, a month there and I don't want this to be an all commercial. It's not, I know you never would do that anyway, but to the people out there who haven't used alt, who might've been closed off to alt because, you know, I'll put myself in this category. It, you have to have your money in there waiting in the account, you name it in order to bid. Right. And they just never even downloaded the app because of that. You name it. What would you say to somebody like that who you ran into in the elevator, you got a 30-second pitch, why give Alt a second look now? Yeah, well, they no longer do that, right? So for one, you can bid. You don't have to put in – you don't have to preload. Some people don't right? know that, by the way. I mean, I they know don't. it was published uh, like, you know, when it happened, they, but then it just kind of like died on the vine. They, like, they talked about it for like a week. And a lot of people listening to this right now are probably going to be surprised to hear you don't have to have your money there to bid on their stuff. Yeah, and you can also pay with Bitcoin. You uh, you pay with Bankwire, ACH. There's a multitude of ways to pay, right? Stripe. A lot so it's the same as everybody else now. 
It's a thing. You, right. you bid on something and pay after. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, you know, if I had, if somebody came, hey, why should I use your site? Just go on and look at it. If nothing else for the universal search, right? So let's say you don't want to sit, consign or sell anything with us. All right, fine. Whatever. I mean, teach us on You can do what you want. At least go look at what they have and maybe you can find some good deals on cards and get some purchases, right? And then check the fees, check the process, see how fast our shipping is. The, the shipping, man, when something's paid for, we like to get it out within, you know, two to three business days is when we like to get it out, right? So we you want to have really good shipping. Our fee structure is very good. If nothing else, man, the vaulting system, the, the fees that they have for vaulting, there's a cap. So if something's been there over 90 days, it's 1% of the value with a cap of $100. Wow. So a lot of, and that's huge. So let's say you had a million dollars or let's say you had a $200,000 LeBron James card. So let's say, yeah, 200, let's say a $264,000 LeBron James card, hypothetically, like hypothetically. you wouldn't get charged, you, uh, like after three months, you wouldn't get charged $2,640 to no, just take that card out. 1% up to $100. Wow. Right. So that, that's, that's it. And, and, and one thing that we've had a lot of people reach out to us or, uh, well, because like you said, it's in a bear market, right? Or a stagnant market, whatever you want to call it. Um, if you, if let's say you owed another auction house money, they usually want one and a half to two times the amount in cards. So if you want to pay with cards, mm -hmm. they want more than your invoice, at least 50% or twice yep. the invoice. Then you're kind of, you're, you're beholden to sell more than you want to sell. Plus the, that, that auction house gets, you know, 10%. So you're selling more than you want. Plus you got to pay an additional 10% fees because yep. they're going to get the buyer premium. So a lot of people have been reaching out to us about, uh, about loans. You know, the lending program is the best it's, they charge you just by the day. So a lot of people are putting their, their personal collection stuff they don't want to sell in the vault, mm -hmm. right? And then take a loan out against that to pay off some other invoice somewhere else. And then they'll send the, the, just the amount of cards they need to sell to pay back the loan. So if you owe, let's say if you owe PWCC Golden Heritage, whatever, 100 grand. Mm -hmm. Or pull up, borrow 100 grand from Alt, pay off that invoice. Then they'll send 100 grand to that auction house and cards, sell it, pull it back, and pay back the loan. How long does that take Let's just say, using it backwards, let's say I saw something in in Golden's auction this week, and I bid on and I won. I think I have a week or 10 days to pay. Could I could I feasibly get cards to alt, get them, you know, the intake process done, and get a loan on that in enough time to pay, Ken? Or does that still have to be something? Oh, yeah. In a week? Four wow. or five days. And if the cards are already in the vault, mm -hmm. 48 hours. Wow. Like the money, would be, the money would be on your alt account within 48 hours. If the, if the cards are already in your vault, let's say the cards are already, and that's one thing you got to be proactive, right? So if the cards are already in your vault, you're like, Hey, you call me Monday, you sit here, here's the cards that are in my vault. I need a loan. When can I get the money? We'd have the money on your alt account Tuesday. Then you pull it out and you'd probably have it in your bank by Wednesday or Thursday. Now keep in mind, I'm not saying that people should be buying on leverage, but right. a lot of people have, you know, a hundred cards that, if they could and they saw a card that had the same value as those hundred cards and they wanted to consolidate, they would, if it were at a show or wherever else, they would trade. They'd put those hundred cards on the table and say to the dealer, give me that one card. But unfortunately, sometimes that one card is at Golden or PWCC for yeah. auction and it ends at a price. That price is the same as their hundred cards, but it's going to take a while to sell those hundred cards. What you're allowing them to do is they take those cards, put them in the vault. You take a loan on it. You want to sell, sell as many as you need to pay that loan off. But now you have the money ahead of time to get that card. You can actually bid on that card. It's not really buying on leverage. It's sort of, it's getting advanced on the cards that you were going to sell anyway, right? That's the thing. It's not buying on leverage because I think a lot of people don't understand how much trading and buying with 
with consignment really yep. goes on in our hobby. And now working at two auction houses, there's a lot. A yep. lot of people pay. I mean, more than you would imagine. A lot of people pay with invoices yep. with cards, which is yep. fully acceptable because it just keeps everything fluid and, and allows people to pivot and make decisions. And I fully support that. And so, but in a time where people are really trying to watch their pennies, having to oversell for your invoice yeah. can be problematic at times. You know. Yeah, I mean, listen, it a hundred percent makes sense. Um, obviously, we're not going to get into the, the nuts and bolts of the lending yeah. at uh, you know at all. But obviously, if you're interested in that, reach out to Eric and he'll kind of walk you through it, and we'll go from there. All right, so a couple more minutes and we'll wrap it up. Uh, yeah. But I want to talk to you again. Hell, I could talk to you every week. Um, we we have something to chat about, I'm sure. But I, I got a fun one. So okay, who's winning? Right. So we got a game. I'm going to publish it. We got a game tonight. It's a huge game for the Heat. What do you think about the finals? Give me, you want to give me a prediction? Some people don't like giving predictions. No, no, yes. I picked, so I'm going to stay true to my original selection. Uh, before the final started, I picked, the, I call them the Nuggies. I picked nuggies. the Nuggies in, in five. All but, right. So I'm going to stay true to that. Yeah. I think I mean, they win the next two. That's, uh, you know, that's I it. Think, uh, so I'll play out the rest of the series. I think the Nuggies pick up this one, they go up 3 1. I think the Heat, uh, well, no. I, and I think they'll, they'll they go home back. and they win. So I will tell you a stat that I read when a series is tied one, one, the winner of game three goes on to win 80% of the series. And and let's be honest as far as complete and I'm no disrespect to the heat. What they have done is insane. I mean, enough six, I think six of the eight people that play majority of the minutes were undrafted. I think five or six of them were, they were an eight seed. They should never have even gotten to the Eastern conference finals, much less the finals. Win or lose, gauntlet, right? They knocked out. They knocked yes. out the top two seeds, right? They, they knocked out Boston and Milwaukee. I mean, win or lose, this is huge for the the organization, Miami, and and Jimmy, right? I mean, let's yeah. be honest. I mean, I, I was talking the other day, so I'm going to pick the Nuggies in five. But I was talking Nuggies the other day. Five. I think down the road, I think eventually Jimmy will have a, somewhat of a cult following to Derrick Rose and Anthony Hardaway. I think I can All right. see that. So here's the comparison. Jimmy Butler, Derrick Rose. If that's what he's aspiring to have a cult following, are you a buyer of Jimmy Butler's cards? Uh, With that comparison, the answer should be no. No, yeah. But then again, I don't collect Anthony Hardaway or Derrick Rose either. But I could see people who 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 like those types. I could see him being the next next guy. Penny, people collect Penny. Well, I grew up in that era, right? So I'm more attached to Penny, especially I just wish he would have played with Shaq longer. Wish Shaq would have yeah. gave it a little bit more time. So I, I think they would have won a chip, at least one together. So I can see that. And Penny was, I think, ahead of his time. I think Penny could be a pro point guard, successful pro point guard right now. Uh, Derek yeah. Rose is kind of an oddity because he only had like three really good years. Yeah, like his, window, yeah. his window was really short of very high success. And again, neither one of them, none of them won a chip. So I think if you look at it, Butler's got a better career than Derrick Rose, you know, as, as far as like longevity of his peak and what he's I cheer for Rose to continue to compile numbers. You know, I, I see him here on the Knicks and they really didn't give him too many minutes. He definitely didn't do anything in the playoffs. I want Rose to go somewhere where they'll actually let him play, you know, real valuable six minute, you know, even if it's for not a contender, I want him to compile stats because if he doesn't, he will be the answer to a trivia question. And the trivia question is name the only person to win an NBA MVP who's not in the Hall of Fame. Oh, that'd be horrible. Because everybody 
who wins the MVP is in the Hall of Fame. And I mean, Joker has won two, and now he looks like he's going to win a championship. He's he's well on the way. You never know what's going to happen, right? Um, Embiid now. Let's see what winds up happening. But you know, when you win the MVP, keep in mind the MVP in this league is basically Jordan, 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 LeBron, LeBron. LeBron. Before there was Bird, Magic, Jordan, 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 Hakeem, Olajuwon. You know. Um, what do you think so, Kyrie does? A little yeah. bit. What do you think Kyrie does? Listen, so what's funny with the super teams and all this craziness and stuff, I love the NBA offseason has become like theater because you have the the players have so much control over what happens. And normally you'd be like, you know, Kyrie says, LeBron, come play in Dallas. You'd be like, yeah, whatever. But now you're like, wow, let's think about that triple logo man with LeBron and and Luca becomes, you know, valuable again. Imagine Luca playing with LeBron. You know, LeBron loves Luca. You know, and talk about a shot in the arm for the hobby, right? I mean, Luca, who was a bulletproof investment for the longest time, you know, finally people are starting to like, all right, I don't want to say sour on him, but people are starting to like, all right, well, when's he going to do something? You know, um, so it's interesting. He's, man. Of, he's he's an amazing talent, but there's you, you, when you have Embiid, uh, Giannis, and the Joker to compete with you in MVP there's a good chance he might not win MVP because there's some stout MVP talent up there. So as good as Luca is, he's going to have to, he's going to have to change teams or they're going to have to bring some, a lot of building pieces around him or him and Kyrie. I mean, and you want to talk about off season, right? I mean, Chris Paul, he's going to go somewhere else. It looks like Dame is talking about going somewhere else, maybe going to the heat as, as you know, I mean, so, so, and the LeBron saga, right? He's going to play for a while, but think about this, right? So, so Bronny's going to USC to be close to out there. So I imagine with that, LeBron stays in California, yeah. right? His son's going to college there. You know, that could always switch. You could always decommit. But right now, that's where he's going. He's going to college. I'm sure that's what the plan. But that contract's up. And think about it, right? Does LeBron really say to whatever team drafts his son, I'll sign with you? And not next year, but the year after, Bronny comes out after a year. I'm sorry. Does I know we just we just saw the craziest lotto lottery pick ever. You know, like it's going to be you know Wemby, the Wemby. But does a team go and draft Bronny, who's probably a mid first round to low first round at, at his yes. best day? They're saying he's a good yeah, defender, right. and they they've said he took a leap this year, and he, you know he looked good in the McDonald's All Star game and the whole deal. But let's just let, put him in the bottom of the first round as a ceiling. Does a team reach and basically take him one because they're getting LeBron with him for a season? But uh, that's no, crazy, would, right? But is it that I crazy? Think, I would say it was just because LeBron's ten. So his athleticism is still strong right now, but you could see his uh, his choices of skill set have have started to really dwindle down. He kind of hangs out there about the three point. He'll either bull rush in through the paint. Hang out by the three, he's dribble to the shoulder, he's a, look he's down. A draw. If he signs for a year or two, he's a huge draw. He turns a franchise around. Like every every ticket is sold. You know what I mean? Yeah, a, a Messi is not as good as he was. He's not going to be, you know. But I, I look what Messi just did for Inter Miami. You know, I mean. Here's a thought. Here's a crazy thought. And if I know it won't happen, but for some reason I like the team. I've noticed that you know, uh, Oklahoma City's stockpiling a bunch. Uh oh. Right. Why yeah. would you not? And why would you not? If you're Oklahoma City and you've got this good young team built up around, I think oh, if I was Oklahoma City, because SGA will still be there, you know, um, Chet will be healthy by then, you know, Giddy's good, and you'll probably have a little bit more talent. 
why not take a chance, draft Bronny to get LeBron and see what you can do in Oklahoma? Yeah. I mean, yeah. They've, got the, they've got the picks. That's the one thing I look at Oklahoma City. They've got a lot of capital, and they've got a good organization in regards to scouting talent. You know, I'm, I'm not sure. It, it, the storylines are just amazing. It, 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 it's half the fun. There's always something to talk about with it, right? So NBA is going to end, and all of a sudden you're going to have the draft. It's going to be Wemby Mania. And I'll close it out with this, right? I'll ask you, Wemby. Because you've watched basketball. You know oh, basketball. Yeah. You're Kobe. What do you think? I'm going to leave it open-ended. You can go wherever you want. What I do you think about Wemby? I wanted to see him go to the Magic or another team. I just don't – I love him as a talent. Sure, he's 7'4". He's got risk of injury. I don't think he's played against a lot of real bigs. I look at him as a tall – and it sounds crazy to say this a, – a taller version of Kevin Durant. It's kind of how I, I see yeah, him. Yeah, fair. So, yeah, and that, there's nothing wrong with that. That is extreme, amazing. <laughs> that, right, that's extreme Hall of, love or hate Kevin Durant. That's extreme Hall of Fame talent right there. Yep. It's just whether or not they've got the the ability to build talent around him. I think maybe Houston would have been a better fit with the talent wise. It's going to be a daunting task with, with San Antonio. However, I think they'll have uh, decent cap space here soon. So you know, I, I think organizationally they've got. We all know they've got 30 years of amazing history for bigs. So now, if somebody's going to develop a big, that's the place. Oh, to definitely. Go. Now, tell me in your lifetime, who has come in? I won't even keep it limited to basketball, but if you want to keep, who has come in with the type of expectations, the type of comparisons, a taller Kevin Durant, you just said, which is a fair. I mean, it's, it's, it's valid. Who has come in with that type of a comparison in the league and actually lived up to it? Just LeBron. LeBron. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. And, and and I'm not even a LeBron fan, right? I'm yeah, not, I know, but, but it's LeBron. But, LeBron has been the closest to, if not living up to, maybe, you know, surpassing. When Durant came out, I mean, that's just, you know, he, he was also well thought of. He wasn't even the first round. He wasn't even the first well, pick, Griffin's right? I remember Odin. But Griffin was a huge, he was Griffin? a huge hype. Huge hype. Yeah. Huge I, hype. Mean, I mean, you don't have to go that far back. Zion. That God for oh bless his, bless that situation oh my God bless oh. him is right that dude that those cases of right. prison right now are just probably going to be just they're just falling like a stone it's right. so disheartening. over under four more women come out of the woodwork and post about it. over under four more well the real question is he's he really going to be the next Greg Oden over now I say under I'd say under so maybe two so I'm okay all right I mean people but, I made the Greg Oden comparison two years ago here's the thing. I don't want to be the negative Nancy. I don't, right? I want, I want to be to stuff together. I want it to be great too because it's great for all of us. It's great for cards. It gets everything. coming. God. He's amazing. Like if he'd lose 40 pounds and just put basketball first in his life, he's he's an insane. T- Nobody questions his potential. Like he's he's got amazing potential. He's a human highlight reel. He's easily likable. He literally clearly. A lot of people like him, clearly. <laughs> He's got he checks a lot of boxes. And I just, yeah, he sure does. I think <laughs> you're making this too easy, man. You're making this way too easy. <laughs> I, I think it's unfortunate between that whole draft class, him and Jaw, that it, it was hard to be able to see that there was that much talent with two people, and they both have really hit roadblocks so fast. Yeah. You know? Talk about that was sealed wax. That was can't miss. Put it away. Can't it doesn't matter miss. which one of those guys. One of them is going to turn into the next great thing. And now, now you got, you know, they're both RJ Barrett. They're both now shooting off where they shouldn't be shooting off. Um, oh. And Jaw, I think so. 
And the problem is, I don't know how to, I wouldn't, I think jaw might be the easier fix, but the easy fix is getting him out of that city, getting him to a different location, getting him another start. You know, he needs, he needs a new fresh start. So I think a team with good draft capital could pick him up. Uh, you know, I, I think that'd be a, a potential for a solution there, but I don't see him changing there. Perfect. Well, we're at 40 minutes and Eric, I have people who they, they listen to this episode on the treadmill and they won't stop running until we stop. And most of my audience is overweight. Sorry guys, but it's true. You know, it is. I don't want to kill anyone. If we go more than 40 minutes, you know, I mean, people are like, oh, when are they going to stop talking? I'm just playing, <laughs> but I don't, I don't want to, I'm going to have you back. We we get chat because I mean, look, we just got to talk about the NBA right now. The draft will happen. Baseball will happen. We didn't even get into vintage. I didn't even get into that awesome type one photo behind you. I didn't even get you to show off the Babe booth, <laughs> you know, the Babe bows out. I mean, it's just crazy. You have a whole bunch of stuff to chat about. Plus I do want to have you back in. Give us updates about alt. You weren't even really to, you know, able to do too much because you've only been there a month. But I love chatting with you. Thank you for this. I'm gonna just post this one right up and we'll have some fun. Enjoy yeah, your weekend. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye.